Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, Prophet Ashley, today is Thursday, and that means show day. I'm excited. The weather is beautiful here. We're praying for the people who are being pummeled by the storm, Um, but we do thank God for the weather um, that he's given us after we've had our storm. You know, we kind of, you know, ours seems like, okay, it was a year ago in comparison, but anyway, Welcome today to the Paula Price Show. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to talking with you. So what do we have coming up? Prophet Ashley, come on. This is a test. Well, first, they have our school launch. Yes, and that is? Next week. Oh, it was so far away. It was. It was and now it's Actually, so close. it was never really far from the time you said it. I know. Do you remember when that I happened? Actually, one of our clients that were reminiscing on the call, uh, I think it was, Yesterday, <laughs> she said, you could just hear the crickets when Dr. Price said, oh, we're launching in September. Woo! And it was, chirp, chirp, chirp. And it was quasi-crickety because this is something we knew we needed to do, um, but then to have it officially out there, <laughs> we were suddenly bound. Yes. And you know what? It was so interesting, Ashley, because when I said it, I wanted to say Jesus. What are we doing? And then, you know, but sometimes the Lord will get your mouth out there. He will always be able to do it when he knows he can trust you to honor your word. So, you know, he knows that you were, he knew I wasn't going to come up with an excuse later on. So I put me on the hook. And I told him, well, you're on the hook. You said it, so you are on the hook. And he certainly outdid himself. So I want to say to all of our uh, listeners and viewers today, my team has been amazing. They have worked. We have worked around the clock, and we have made a launch happen, you know, looking at the, you know, I cannot wait for us to do, we're going to do a kind of a, um, what do you call it, the little videos of, of, of yeah, no, videos of the school, yeah, a little of that, mm-hmm. you know, where we should show them how far we've come and how ready we are, and so, and we're planning to have a reception so that we can get all of the powerful people in our area to come in and pray with us and pray for our school success. That's that's also on the books uh, the 29th of September. But my team, I tell you, you guys have done a phenomenal job, and we have to definitely celebrate that chief prophet who has been working at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, people who are real heirs, they work for their stuff. You know, um, there are those who slide in heirs, but those who are real my, you know, my daughter, real air, I mean, she has stayed up night after night, seven days a week working. So if you all are praying, pray for Chief Prophet Tom Price. Pray her strength in the Lord. And also pray our strength as we push into the finish line. I'm surprised she knows what her name is. I asked her. She said, I'm good. You know, but then when, you, when, you, when you're good, you're good, you know. So, you know, I mean, there are folks who keep thinking that we're going to go big while we, they do it in their five-hour, eight-hour, six-hour day window. But, you know, to be big means that you go beyond. 
and that when everybody else is sleeping, you're getting ready for them to partake of your service or your product or your offering. That's how it works. So I'm excited about that. I know I've been doing it seven days a week, pulling our thoughts together, but I, it has been a labor of love, a true labor of love. We've enjoyed it. We enjoy coming into our new facility. We've enjoyed enrolling our students, and they're still calling and enrolling. So you have time. You have a lot of time. And I think after today, I might, in fact, get you um, more fired up in terms of what we're doing. But with this, we have something else coming in October. Prophetic Ed in Portland, Oregon. Yes, for the Portland, Oregon. Yay! Apostle Stephen Hall, prophet of spirits. I mean, we've got something going on. And guys, we're going to have the entire near prophetic guard and near prophetic company with us in Portland. You are going to love it. And we're going to talk to you about city guardianship, building prophetic guards throughout cities and, and all of those kinds of things and what to look for and how to set it up. I'm looking forward to it. And we're thrilled because uh, isn't next week we're going to have Prophet off with us? Is it, I think he's supposed to be coming in yes, next week. I think he bumped it up, yes. So we're going to give him a spot right here at the end of the table because he is also the Price University provost right here. He's going to sit here and tell us all of his I'm saying it now so that so he, <laughs> I want to, because he, you know, I, I decided not to say it the day before. Give him a week. <laughs> So he can sit here in his new school talking about his brandy new school. It is wonderful. And so we're looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited about it. We'll be having a nice little round table as we talk about the school. You don't want to miss it uh, next week. It's, it's, we're probably going to do it a couple of times just so that everyone understands we are serious. So what does that mean? We are serious. You know, people have asked recently, over and over again, what is the Paula Price difference? You know, there are, you know, Jesus came the same way. There are many voices, as John said, that have gone out into the world. And not all of the voices are for Christ, not all the voices are for life, to be honest with you. And, you know, most people don't realize Jesus Christ and life are synonyms. But we'll go on, you know, into that. What is the Paula Price difference? You know, so I'm going to give Prophet Ashley a, 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 a way to bank 10, bo 10 points bonus on her next exam. Oh. <laughs> ah, did you inhale? I did. Did you exhale? Oh, no. Okay. If you had to start off this answer, what would you say based on what you've been reading? You've done, you did a major project for us a year or so ago on the prophetic voices that are out there. And you went to different sites and yes. to read. If you had to give an answer, for, and I want you to be as pure as you can, what would you say are the high points of the Fall of Christ difference? High points, I would say, are academically and, and spiritually, not just emotionally. Obviously, I don't. I want you to be you. Okay. Um, it's the Fall of Christ difference starts with God's perspective and brings people to it. I love it. Um, many dissertations and tirades and defenses and whatever speeches we hear often talk about what God doesn't mind, how, mm -hmm. you know, it's more about us. But the Paul Price difference is about 
bringing us to God in in a way that He will accept what we bring. Mm. We really don't understand or, or uh, acknowledge or care or see that a lot of what we're teaching today teaches people to bring God any old thing and He should take it like He will. Exactly. And throughout Scripture. Don't bring the lame, don't bring the maimed, don't bring the spotted, don't bring the wrinkles. I mean, he clearly said what he's coming back for, what type of church he's coming back for. And um, it's no mistake or anything right now that you, as an apostle, are pushing the spotless, (laughs) wrinkle-free church. So, do something with it. First thing I would say is the Paul Price difference. Uh, The second would be the solutionist that you are, mm. the soulologist, dealing with the soul, not just the symptoms and not just the expressions of those, but the root, mm-hmm. root, root, root issue, and then bringing that again to Jesus Christ. And I go through um, 3D when I was uh, training one of your people yesterday on, on the executive services and how you say we are decidedly Christian. Mm-hmm. The Paul Christ difference is decidedly Christ according to what Christ said, mm-hmm. according to what is written. And not what we've taught, not what we've preached, not what we extrapolate, but those are my top points of Paul Christ. And you do get to bank your 10 points. Now, people, it, it can. It, it, it really can. But, but, you know, one of the things, and let me tell you about this woman. She comes for her payoff. So don't you see, she will remember. She'll put in a phone, calendar. Don't you all? But let me say this. All, that is 100% true. The, the minister of the people is about the liberation of humanity from, the, from anything they don't like. See, there is not even a continuity or uniformity, and what you're being liberated from. The, the, the only co- constant or consistency I see is that you, because of ministers of the flesh, you are liberated from anything you don't like. Personal preference, liberation. Pet peeve, deliverance. If it's your pet peeve, then you're liberated. Now, it doesn't make a difference about what God says or what God thinks. That's why these people sound so carnal. That's why they sound so enraged. They sound so so vehement about it because they have no foundation. They cannot take you to a cohesive foundation, line upon line upon line, precept upon precept upon precept. Instead, they literally tell you, if you don't like it, the blood of Christ frees you from it. So we've inverted it because now it's the blood of Christ that was to free, listen, free us for Christ has now been flipped to free us from Jesus Christ, from his ways, from his church, from his leaders, from anything we don't like. It's a personalized faith. So if, if it's a pet peeve, if you don't like it, then you're free because the blood of Jesus freed you to be what you've always been. Not of him. I want that to sink in. Because when we totally have totally flipped the whole salvation purpose and objective, salvation was never to free you to be you, because that's something you never you you always could do. 
there were enough devils to pander to your pet peeves and your personal preferences. There are enough human, humanist laws and humanist ways, etc., to pander to your pet peeves and your personal your personal preferences. Hear me, because I'm saying something today that is really coming against that free-for-all Christianity that you all are buying into. So when Jesus came to the, well, let's go back to Israel. When God spoke to Abraham, he told Abraham, you know, his after father died, I know we make you think that Abraham left Earl Chaldea on his own. He did not. Now, he agreed, but he did not. His father left. His father, Terah, left Ur of Chaldea, left the culture, left the country, left their faith, left their religion, and went over to Haran or wherever else they went. Now, so it was his father who kick-started his destiny. Mm. Was that good? That was really good. Let's cut something? Yeah. Okay. How about that? And so... When And Abraham, because as is the custom of the day, the father was the patriarch, called the shots, etc. And so Abraham served his father, and whatever his, whatever his father left their homeland for, he served that until his dad died. When his father died, Abraham got a visitation. So I can assume, we can presume or surmise that uh Terah had a visitation first from the Almighty God, the true and living God. Now, I've researched, and I've read one article that said Babylon had as many as 12,000 deities, recognized, cataloged deities. Babylon, just one nation, 12,000 recognized, cataloged, optionized deities. And I say optionized because they were made options. People had, of course, you had the state one, the big guy, the big one was the state, and then you had the region. But ultimately, when it came down to the people, they can have their little statues, little terrorism, or whatever. So they left where a, a, a place where there was a plethora of deities, a plethora of gods and goddesses for them to choose from for, because they had to cover, listen to me, these deities had to cover the entirety of the human spectrum, the human experience. So there was a deity overhead, child rearing, snot. You know, when we had the pigs in the parlor thing, that was like a kind of perversion of that. Everything was a spirit. So we had one over there, teardrops, fingernails, body waste, body release. They had them over mind, intelligence, education, home, and hearth, and family. Uh, and again, pregnancy, miscarriages, all of those. They had a deity to cover the entirety of the human experience. Isn't that what we're seeing trying to come back now? Yeah. So, so now, needless to say, there was contention, fragmentation, and scattering among them. Obviously, you had a lot of tension, a lot of rivalry, a lot of competition. So Tara gets a, a notion. Let's just assume maybe he got it from God, maybe he didn't. But he gets a notion to leave his home country and to take his family with them. So they do. When Tara dies... Abraham gets a visitation from the Almighty. Now, in that, when there's, there's 12,000 deities, Jesus just steps up as the Almighty. I am the Almighty God. So he steps up. Clearly, Abraham, who was a prophet, clearly um, he had, uh, uh, you know, an awareness of the Almighty God, kind of like Paul on Mars Hill in Acts 17. So he steps up. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. That's all he got. 
To us, that's like, what? But to a world with 12,000 deities that have to be pandered, appeased, and solicited for favor, that made sense. Walk before me and be perfect. So Abraham does that, and that's it, little thing. God starts at baby steps. So all God's saying is that I need you to shed all of these other deities, all these nature gods, these cosmic gods, these gods of the sky, gods of fire, gods of dirt, dust. He said, I need you to shed all of that. That's ultimately what he was saying. And let me be the only God that you will walk before, the only God that you want to back you. So now, that is an inkling. Come on, somebody, hear me. This thing is so good. So that's a little bit of an inkling. That is the, 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 the pinhead of monotheism. Are you all following me out there? I know you love me. Aren't you loving it? This is great stuff. So monotheism began with that statement. I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. In other words, committed, converted, consumed, not just capable, consumed. I am, so God is offering Abraham something so outlandish. Nobody has just one God. Isn't that what people say today? Well, I mean, when Jesus came, but there's a lot of roles to Jesus Christ. That's the same thing as the Babylonian mindset, the same thing as the Egyptian mindset. So he said, walk before me. I am going to be your God. And every step of the way, God is always pulling people out of polytheism into monotheism, him as the only true and living God. See, we didn't understand that. You didn't know salvation was about many gods. You didn't know it was about polytheism. You did not know it was about, uh, you know, people, uh, deities having a right to take your life, take your family, take your this, take your that, pervert your children, deform your seed. You didn't know anything about that. Nobody could know it because from the Garden of Eden's fall, from the moment they got kicked out of the garden, and Noah and his family were, were charged with repopulating the planet, Hallelujah, replenishing the planet from that time up to Abraham, any any spiritual voice or whatever can do what they want. Take what they want, whatever. And so here we go. So Abraham kickstarts monotheism. Now one God. And God begins to cut a covenant with Abraham. I'm, I'm instituting something new in the earth, something unheard of in your life and in your history. Only in my records, only in my annals, does it, is it known that I, that I have prepared people to serve one God and one God only. When you read the Bible all the way down from that point on, where it's about one God versus the pantheons versus the polytheistic versus all of those other things that Satan has done, proving that he cannot be the true and living God because he has to fragment himself and scatter himself and sever himself too much to cover his bases. So moving on, so Abraham gets it. All right. Now, I could imagine it must have been very new. So what do I do with all of this history, all of this training? Remember, even the prophet, what do I do with all of this history and all of this training I've had in polytheism and pantheism and idolatry? And we can go on. But he, he buys. So they, then they have the whole covenant night. We've read it. God, Abraham builds him an altar. And, you know, because when you build an altar to a deity, you are elevating that deity in your life, but you're also subjecting yourself to it. So he starts building the altar, and then he sacrifices. I'm not going to sacrifice to the sky. 
die. I'm not going to sacrifice to rain, the rain God, the lightning God, and all that. I'm only going to sacrifice to this God that I've never seen, have no image of, who tells me he's the Almighty, and something about the inside of me bears witness that he is indeed the Almighty. So we go on, because Abraham was in Christ before the foundation of the world, like the rest of Christians. So we move on. And, and so Abraham goes on, and, and as he travels to the place that God showed him, he said, because you need to leave this place and go to the place I pick out for you. This whole I'm church shopping and church hopping, that is not in the root of Christian Scripture. It's not in the root of Christianity. God has always said where he set you to be fed. He sets animals to be fed the way they're built. He sets uh, marine life and aquatic life where they're supposed to be, to be fed because of how they're built, the topography of the land, that the, the coincides with their physiology. See, God doesn't just make these things and go, oops, I'm flipping coins. He literally matches people's nurture and growth with their physiological, and then now in Christ, spiritual, spiritually, excuse me, spiritual makeup. So you go, that's why you can sit in a great church and die on the vine. That's why you could be under this big bad leader and your whole life falls apart because there's nothing in that environment to nurture how God built you and rebuilt you as the new creation in Jesus Christ. But I digress. But I throw that in. Would you like that? There you go. Just want to punctuate that. So moving on. He says Abraham eventually gets to the point where he obeys God. See, some of you never get your Isaac prophecy because you're too busy dropping the ball and drifting off and shifting and, and, and diverting your allegiance to Christ to something else. Many people in the body of Christ die never getting pregnant with their Isaac, never knowing there's an Isaac coming, never knowing that there is something to make them memorable and unforgettable throughout all creation because they are following their feelings, their whims, preference, peace. Just remember that. So finally, as Abraham continued to obey God and conform to God as he obeyed, God finally releases the secret of all secrets. You, old man and old woman, you are going to have a son. And that son is going to be the very first seed of my eternal nation. Now, Abraham does not know at that time that Jesus is in Isaac. You know, people keep saying, well, what's the difference between Ishmael and Isaac? Jesus was in Isaac. And the gods of Egypt were in Ishmael because Agar was an Egyptian. So Jesus was in Isaac. And remember, I've said to you over and over again, Scripture tracks Jesus. It really does. It tracks the Messiah. It tracks God's promise to the, to the woman that the seed of the woman, hallelujah. See, about Genesis 3.15, about the seed of the woman who was going to bruise Satan's head and Satan would be able to nip his heel. So you need to understand, stop arguing with people about why we have the Bible. The Bible is a vital statistic certification of the, God, the Son of God who has become flesh to save the world. Now, all of the fill-ins, the 24-7 days, 365 windows, and all of the events, those that were key to tracking and, and identifying where Jesus is and where he was coming down the lineage of Adam is why we have all of that filler stuff, and it's valuable. So, see, that's why you want to enroll in my school, because I understand this stuff. See, 
You can fill in the blanks, erase some of the errors, connect some of the dots. And I'm connecting dots for you today. So remember this. If you're taking notes, write this down. The Bible, the Christian Bible, tracks the Creator's first begotten Son. The Christian Bible tracks. It's tracking the genealogy of Jesus Christ as he is forming the physical body that he will come into the planet in. A little bit of Isaac, a little bit of Abraham, see, all the way down, which is why those genealogies in Genesis and Luke are important because they are telling you the path the Messiah took to appear in the flesh on earth. I am on that thing today. Yes, I am. So, you know, many of us, we all, most people who try to read the Bible, they can get you. If you are trying to find Christ, trying to get saved, trying to get your life together, don't start with Genesis to God. Read the creation. Read the story. But if you go to the begots, I'm telling you, you're not going any further. Because all of those begots wear you out. You need to be, you need to be led through the begots. But that genealogy is to tell you everywhere the seed of Christ stopped and gathered the human material to become flesh. Are you liking this? Mm -hmm. So the difference between Jesus and Ishmael is Christ. And because Literally, Ishmael was a blend of Babylon and Egypt, a fusion of those two nations' genealogical makeup through Hagar. Abraham had come out of Ur of Chaldea, which is, you know, tip of Babylon. And Hagar, of course, was a full-fledged Egyptian woman. So Jesus was not in that. Adam was. But the last Adam wasn't. And so Isaac begins the journey. The, the literal reproductive, you know, embodying or corporeal journey of the second person of the Godhead that's been written in eternity. So there is an eternal, eternal lineage for Isaac. There's an eternal lineage for Christ. There's an eternal lineage that leads all the way back to the Godhead in Christianity that doesn't exist, which is why I said Christianity came to earth. Every other religion grew up from it. They just grew up out of the earth. And if you read Daniel 7, it makes perfect sense. But I'm not going to confuse you. We'll just go on down the line. So Abraham gets the prophecy. He and his wife are going to have a son. Now, Abraham, for a moment, you know, God has a way of impregnating you with a promise because he freezes your thoughts and he freezes all of your uh, humanity in time, while he deposits in your spirit the seed of the prophecy or promise he wants to have. That's why people who don't pray, you don't get it. You don't get it. You fall into your destiny. But I, Abraham knew that there was a promise. Of course, God, anything that deep, come on, I'm going to give you a full oh, help me, Jesus. I'm going to give you a little piece of revelation. Anything that deep takes time. So God, I mean, if you talk to a doctor, or a, a, a medical professional, and you got you've got a man who is ninety years old, and he's gonna or however old he was, because twenty five years. So whatever it was, twenty five years old, and they are menopausal, testopausal, everything is paused. 
Nothing is working. Everything's on hold. Age has done its job. And God is saying, but you're going to have a son by this woman. Think about the physiological reversal and reparations that God did. And it took 25 years to get their body ready to fulfill that word. Some of us, we want it in a minute. I listen to the millennials. I'm like, are you kidding? Everything God wanted to last, it, it took years, decades, anything. If he wants it to last, it's not going to rise fast. It's not going to happen fast. And so I'm not, you know, we listen to all of that kind of stuff because, well, come on, you know, our world, America is bound on youth because America is still, in terms of all of the nations, largely pubescent. We're still, we're still in our adolescence as a country. That's why so many things, we can't figure them out until we live it out. And then by the time we live it out, it tore us up. But we'll learn. Moving on. So he says, takes God 25 years to build Abraham into the father of many nations that he has prophesied. I want to go to sleep on that myself. And then he's got Sarah, who's got to, now Abraham just got to come up with a seat. He just got, you know, obviously God did the job so well, the man ended up having a bunch of kids, you know, because he is to be the father of many nations. But Sarah has to carry this thing and deliver it and nurse it. Think about all of the physiological changes God had to make to make her a mother of many nations. But God does it, being God, and as time went on, I mean, and in the midst of it, you know, Ishmael was born because uh, Sarah just couldn't believe that God was really going to do it. And so she thought God was going to do it vicariously, because back then you could vicariously parent children, conceive children, and deliver. So she goes and helps God out. Abraham helps God out. And we all know the famous service about how they were helping God out, and they ruined it. They didn't. Abraham's first seed, Ishmael, belonged to the Babylonians, and the Egyptians. Because the law of the spirit is this. The firstborn belongs to the God of the mother and the God of the father. First the father and then the mother. So Ishmael was not a mistake. We assumed it was a mistake. But it was not a mistake in God because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So, and, and where does that principle go? Because some of you are going to write me. I love it when y'all write me stuff and carry on. So, they're going to, you're going to write me, go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Prophet Ashley, where Adam's firstborn son, Cain, belonged to the wicked one. So, you all need to be very careful about who you choose to father your firstborn. Because it said the firstborn that opens the womb belongs to the God of that line, the God of the parents. So, as we go, so there's a fusion. Ishmael's fusion. Babylon, Egypt. Meanwhile, Sarah is still getting built. It take a little longer for her, obviously, because he only has to do a firm. He could do it one, two, three. But Sarah needs a little more work. Probably another 10 years, 13 years as it happens, or thereabouts. So she needs more work. She finally gets there, and Abraham is saying, he's, he's having a fit. You told me this thing. It's been so long. You know how we do when God takes his time and we are we frustrated. And, and he said, well, a servant born in my house is going to be my heir. He said, no, that's before Ishmael. And he said, no, but in Sarah, come on, that woman you marry matters. 
And he said, no, because in Sarah will your seed be called. And it's at the first time in a so-called poly or a patriarchal era that the woman makes the difference. Because the prophecy was made to a woman, so the prophecy must be fulfilled through a woman. So Sarah finally gets pregnant. Now, before she does, God literally has to come to the planet to, to change her mind and to set the thing in motion. Every time God shifts the planet, he appears to somebody personally to do it. Whoever the spearhead is, the trigger is, the catalyst, God shows up. So he shows up in Genesis 18, does the whole thing with Sodom and Gomorrah, and then turns to Sarah, and he says to Abraham, this time next year, Sarah will bear a child. He said, she's ready. I have rebuilt her, totally rebuilt her, and I have redesigned her so that she becomes the mother of many nations. And so, obviously, she's like, Sarah's in the kitchen in the tent cooking, and she chuckled. <laughs> yeah, right. He said to Sarah, why did you laugh? And she, she lied. I didn't laugh. I, I, I know. Uh, that wasn't a laugh. He said, oh, but you did laugh. And he didn't care because by that time, the moment he spoke those words, her womb and her eggs and her body was ready. Somebody hear me. To bring forth an Isaac. He said, and you're going gonna, gonna to name laughter. Isaac means laughter, but it, it actually started out as laughing at God. You know that's good. So move on. So she finally does it. She has Isaac. Of course, we know the rest of the story. They are, she's becoming beautiful all along the way because remember, she's, she's up there. You know, stuffed and flopped and popped and And now she's built as a young woman as to be able to have a child. That's why when people come to me and they say, well, you know, we've been trying to get pregnant and, and we just can't. I'm like, well, you that's because you don't read your Bible. And if you really don't believe it, because Christianity was born from a barren man and a barren woman. That's how it was born. We came into existence through infertility. That's how we were born. So that no God could take credit for the birth of Jesus Christ but the father of Jesus Christ. So she turns around and she does it. We finally have something that's very interesting. Usually the mother has one God and the father has another, unless they're in the same uh, tribe or clan. But now God doesn't have to worry about it because he's converted both of them. So there's only one God. Huh. Second male, the second time for monotheism. At that time, wives pretty much, it did, you know, if they agreed or didn't agree because of how they were made wives, it didn't matter. But Abraham was the one who took this thing down the line. He passed it on to Isaac. Isaac passed it on to Jacob, Jacob to the 12 tribes. And hence, God finally has the consciousness of monotheism in the mind of his chosen people. He finally has the I'm the only God, the living true God, etc etched in their consciousness, in their psyche. And so what happens? We, you know, we go down. We, God begins to split that with. We're tracking Jesus. Remember, we're tracking Jesus from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, two kids, twins to Jacob, let you know that God picks as he picks. 
We go from there. We, we track him all the way down to the whole millennial with Moses and, 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 and setting up the nation until we get to David. And now we're tracking where his eternal sovereignty will rest in the earth. And it happens to rest in the person of David, the line of Judah. And so we go all the way down. Now we're coming out of the, the 12 tribes. We've got this one tribe called Judah. And so we're coming down, and that tribe is going to bring not only the, the holiness and the divinity of Jesus Christ, but his sovereignty, because they, they fused in David. The Bible tracks Jesus. I don't care what anybody tells you. It's tracking Jesus. So his divinity and his sovereignty fuse in David. He becomes the last Adam, and the eternal David. But we're still tracking the seed because, you know, we haven't picked up everything he wants to pick up because he's, he's literally collecting all of his divine attributes, attributes out of all of these genetic trees so that he can become the being he wants in the planet. See, you're still figuring out what, what's the qualifies difference? I think we're kind of answering that a little bit. So let's move on. We go down the line till we get to John the Baptist, and later Jesus Christ. From there, we can honestly say Christianity came from heaven. And it, and it made its way picking out God's best from everyone in that lineage so that Jesus is the consummate reproduction of the Adam that fell and a better version thereof because this last Adam knows the difference between good and evil. First Adam only knew good. That's why evil took him out. Second Adam knows both good and evil. So he's coming down, finally gets in the planet, does what he does on the cross. We know the story. Goes to the grave. Body left, left, stays on earth. Soul goes to hell to what? Fulfill his promise and to release all of those who died believing in him. See, you believing in God now is not a big deal. You believing in God until the end, that's massive, because God is the end-time God, so the end of everything. He came at the end of the time. He came at the end of age. He came as the last Adam. He came as the end, the end, the end. So Jesus is the end, as well as the beginning, but he's the end. So you can believe now, but those of you who got saved as kids and you cutting up now, there is a scripture. Can we talk about the scripture? Do you know the scripture says that, can I open my Bible? I'm going to open my Bible. Hopefully I can see. Ezekiel 33. I love Ezekiel. Yes. Oh, I got glasses. Uh, Ezekiel 33. People, God's got us coming and going. Trust me, he is not listening to our rhetoric. I like this one. I want to get the, the passage right. Okay. This is Ezekiel. God is reinstituting this nation, all of that good stuff. He's bringing his word back on. And he tells, he tells him, Ezekiel 33, 7, he said, I made you a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore, you will hear the word at my mouth and warn for me. And then he goes on to say, verse 8, when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die if you do not. Speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man will die, but his blood all requires your hand. However, he said, if you warn him, then you'll deliver your soul. And then he said, um, 
I want to go down here. All right, verse 12. If you have your Bible, follow with me. Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby or because of his wickedness in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day he sins. Now, this is powerful. He said, when I, when I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. For his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it. Now, some of you all have those modern translations, and you can go and read it and get a little more information, but I want you to read Ezekiel 33, 12. Now, Ezekiel is... You know, we're, we're, we're bringing God back on. They're getting ready to leave Babylon. So a lot, of, a lot of this stuff you're hearing, these are from people. You see these ministers who start out holy, start out sanctified, start out loving God, moral, holy, modest, and, and, and sanctified, but, and then turn, and they turn to the ways of the world. I'm telling you, Jesus said from the moment they turn, everything, that every reward that they would get for their righteousness end at that point. And from that point onward, they now become um, earners of the wages of sin. He said, your righteousness will not carry you in the day you turn from your righteousness. That's the law of eternity. That is not, you know, we keep acting like just because it's in print that it's not eternal. That's the law of eternity. These are not, God's government on earth is not something he's whipping up as each age go by. He's not, a, he's not a temporal God. He's eternal. So he's saying from the, it's, it's kind of like saying to the person who has been a godly citizen all their days, great pillar of the community, helper of the, the poor, social, the humanitarian, all of that, and they turn around and commit a crime. The day they commit that crime, all of their goodness does not matter to the law. Is that helping some of you? So you looking at these young people talking about, oh, well, yeah, because they can wear this, they can do that, they can bring that, and God is blessing them. Let me just tell you right now, God is not blessing those people. They cut deals in the back room. They cut deals with folks who want to do other things, who need them to be the faith of an, of an antichrist Christian. And so they, they are literally becoming poster children for other deities and their agents. Stop thinking that the Almighty is overlooking. He said, the day they turn from their righteousness, that's like, haven't you seen them all shriveled up, all diseased up? They're shriveled up, diseased up, they're dying, they're sick, their work is dead, they have all kinds of calamity. Why? Because the wages of sin is still dead. And the day they turn from being an heir of righteousness to an instrument of iniquity, none of their righteousness matters. Like in, with Lucifer, it started with him. When he stopped being the anointed cherub and he started behaving like the adversary because iniquity was found in him, nothing he did good before that day mattered. So you, you have to know the laws of the kingdom, and they are not earthly. They are not earthly, which is why when Moses broke the Ten Commandments, God could rewrite them. Moses didn't rechisel them. God had to rewrite them because they came from heaven to earth. Is this helping you all? So as we go on, 
wrapping it up, we've already gotten to the point that Christianity came to earth first by the finger of God on a mountain. Ah, uh, glory to God. Then by a man and a woman, fertile couple, age couple, made fertile, talk about late in life family, then to a burning bush, then to ten plagues, see, we can go on, then to God's nations being delivered from Egypt, then to the Sinai wilderness where the mountain that, remember, he, he, that he's writing on, they brought to the mountain so they can receive the law. And we can go on down the line. Nothing about Christianity is earthly, which means nothing earthly can alter it. So we're having these today, Prophet Ashley, you're like this. We just talked about this a little earlier. Um, with, I talked about it with my chief prophet. And she was saying how somebody was saying the future of Christianity is going to be young and techno and something else. It's crazy. And I said, yeah, because they're basing that on the evangelical. But what they don't understand is Matthew 16, 18 says, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. Now, when God said that, he did not say that to an evangelist. When he said it, he didn't say it to a pastor. When he said it, he didn't say it to a teacher. He even did not say it to a prophet. He said it to an apostle. When God said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, he spoke that to 12 apostles. And whenever the church looks like it's falling into dissolution, God raises up his apostles because they are the guardians of his gates. So I know we, this world is so full of evangelical ilk and evangelical this and that. God bless them. They did a great job. Hallelujah, smooches, kissy, all of that. But everybody can see that that is not going to make it through this that's coming. So God is raising up and reviving the two mantles that he has always founded and protected and recovered his kingdom with, and that is the apostle and prophet. And that they're not ready for because, see, God purposely submerged those mantles because of their strength, their fortitude, their resoluteness, etc. And he's now reviving them. And that is why Price University is based on the foundation of Ephesians 2.20, the apostles and prophets with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Because the, the future of the church is not to some young folk, it's not through some man-made technology, it's not through pantheonic spirituality or poly theism, or paganism. It is the future of the church has always been in the apostles. So much so that Matthew 19 has Jesus saying that they're going to sit on 12 thrones. The apostles' mantle goes all the way back to eternity from when it came. And when it does, it's bringing God's church with it. So don't buy those prophecies. They, will not, they may do away with evangelicalism. I, you know, I find that debatable. But I will tell you this, that apostles and prophets are taking over the church, and they are a different kind of warrior. They have a whole different set of powers, resources, providences, and dispensations that you should learn if you're called to be a part of it, which is why when this show is over, you definitely want to go to PriceUniversity.org and get the education and the equipment and the armaments you need to back down 
the forces of darkness who think Jesus Christ is done away with. Prophet Ashley, your turn. Yeah, that, that particular story never did work. <laughs> but he keeps trying, you know. This is only often because this is a constant obstacle. Yeah. Jesus Christ is a constant obstacle. Cannot get around this man. Couldn't get around him in heaven. Couldn't get around him in earth. Couldn't get around him in hell. He's there too. You know, couldn't get around him. And then come back to earth and there he is now multiplying himself. Well, if you're listening to the Paul Price Show on Blog Talk Radio, we want to hear from you today. Go ahead and press that number one to get in the queue so we can hear from you. Feedback, comments, questions, thoughts, thoughts, yes, all of that. But, I mean, today, I'm sorry, I mean, again, slipping my notes. <laughs> you have notes? I always have notes. Um, man, I mean, the whole Abraham, Babylon peace, and Christianity being born out of infertility. <laughs> it's me, though. Something out of nothing. Uh-huh. Because we all 
And so, and then we have America. You got to have all your kids young because you don't want to have them old. Why not? You don't have sense young. That's why half of these kids, these kids that are cutting up are kids born of young people, teenage girls, not not fully matured themselves, bringing forth, can't, can't give them good counsel, can't give them wise counsel because they haven't lived it. But that's a whole other thing, dealing with social issues. But I wanted to say today that, you know, we are we launched Price University for the same reasons. Every time it looks like God is shut out, people are getting rid of him, people don't want him. You realize how many universities you can't read the Bible? Christian schools, you can't pray, you can't talk in tongues, you can't find holiness all over the place. So God doesn't give up. He just starts another one. He just, every time one falls, he starts another one. God's used to replacing falling things. You know, he saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven, so it's not something that God gets stuck on. So we are launching because God still wants a place for the Holy Ghost to minister, and he wants them to minister according to his divine order. Because the future is a different kind of minister is needed because Satan is dispatching different kinds of priests and warriors. You realize Melchizedek was a warrior. He wasn't just a priest bringing some bread and wine. He was a warrior. He was a king. He was running a nation. But that's another thing. Anyway, do we have any more comments before we shift over? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're still rolling. They're still rolling. Are you guys rolling? Yes, sir. You're right, Dr. Price. (laughs) What an eye-opener. What an eye-opener. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Lots of guests is rolling. They're rolling. They're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> I love these people. I really do. My family's amazing. Um, I want to say we're going to shift over to a prophet of this, so make sure you, hey, don't just say, you know, I got to pray with something. We are interested in how God is processing this information in you. And again, I also wanted to say you can go to priceuniversity.org just to bring it back to the school. Yes. A couple questions popping up www.priceuniversity.org. Yes, you can enroll. If you don't have an undergrad degree, we have a way to prepare you in our university success uh, for that. So go ahead to www.priceuniversity.org. And I'd like to conclude with something that Chief Prophet said yesterday in response to another distinctive. I am not going to educate you for activation. God's got some wonderful people out there doing that. Activation doesn't require anything but them to just say so and you to agree. That's fine. Now, when you activate it, where you go and what you do with it, who knows? And obviously, it doesn't matter. So I'm never going to do that. Now, I don't do that's not my calling. If God gave that to someone else to do, bless the Lord and bless them for obeying. Dr. Price never will be. I'm also not going to ordain you because you can prophesy, because I think prophesying is a resource. I think it's a faculty that's given for a particular calling. And so we're not going to, uh, I don't just leave you at your gifting. I, I will enroll your giftings. I will enroll your callings. I will enroll your faculties and your talents and abilities. But I will not ever leave you there because I exist for the institution definitions have, from all of my research is that apostles found new era institutions, and they always bring the innovations and ingenuities of God to do the future, do the present in preparation for the future. 
My preparation for the future is to establish the office of apostleship, the office of prophets, and those are not human, based on just human attributes. Those are based on education and training and development, guidelines, criteria, policies, protocols, and all of those kinds of things that enable you to do more than hit it and quit it, spit a word and run. We're not doing that. Now, there are people who love that, bless them. That's not me. I intend to be the Ivy League of the Kingdom Education. I'm going to do that because I am producing thought leaders, solutionists, thinkers, developers, and, and educators, and, not, and leaders for the future, not just how-tos, because how-tos, you know, they have faith. But I'm, I'm called to the ones that God needs to rely on in the future. If the thing that I just said speaks to you, if it really resonates in your soul, I'm, yeah, I'm past gift. Yeah, I'm past prophesier. I'm ready for my office. If that's you, that's what you want to do here at Price University. And we have the program for it. And the program is not just based on talking about how to prophesy, reading about how to prophesy, or studying the history of the 8th century prophets. We do that and some. But in the end, you are able to execute an office, fulfill your commission, discharge what God has assigned you to do. And that is what the Paula Price difference is. It's not quick. It's not fast. It's not in a hurry because great warriors are not made overnight. Bad warriors are not made overnight. You know, we just got through watching that wonderful fight last week. And you know what? How many years did it take? And I'm saying that because the idea that you are going to be useful to God in a weekend or because you paid $5,000 for somebody to have you have your neighbor lay hands on you. First of all, I'm not going to pay you $5,000 for somebody. I know my neighbor. I'm going to go to my neighbor and I'll say, hey, put your hands on them. But that's just a point. Just, just a point. But you need to understand that is not Dr. Paula Price. You want to know the difference? It's not a how-to. It's a who you become. And it's representative, not just expressive. And most of the preachings you hear, you all are arguing over words you heard. You never see that. We look on Facebook, um, actually, all the time. People going back and forth, ranting and raving, and none of them ever studied it. None of them ever looked it up. None of them ever researched. You never even found out if the person that you admired for saying it was correct. But see, officers don't have that luxury. We can't do a free for all. We can't just throw our mouths out there because we are not speaking of our own. Jesus said that that Satan represented himself. He broke representation with the Almighty when he started speaking of his own, and he started decreeing his own resources. He says in John chapter 7 that when you're sent, you don't care about what your thoughts are. Your thoughts don't matter when you are truly sent. Somebody asked me recently, well, how do you know about an apostle? Because the apostle is not going to speak their thoughts. All these apostles, they're speaking evangelical idioms and doctrines and carrying on. That's not sent. That's when. Sent ones must be the words of their sender. They must represent the sender. And see, we can go on, but when we talk again next week or maybe not long after, we'll cover that. Most times you will know a sent one by how they speak. And you'll know a went one by how they speak. Prophet, idea. Amen. So good. I, man, I, I think the only comment I will say is just I, I feel like today was um, such a journey that we needed to take and to understand. I love what you said about how the Bible tracks Jesus. Um, I just thought that was powerful today. But overall, 
your your overall the overall tone of your message, really understanding that we have to count the cost of this. Um, I think you're causing a lot of people to reevaluate some things today. Um, I'm not sure we like to hang out in Ezekiel very much, um, and there's a reason why. And I think we understood today why we don't like to hang out there. Um, but I think something yeah, we just don't want to be there. But something that you said, I think that really ties it all in is is knowing those eternal laws and essentially uh, not judging our Christianity and how we walk our Christianity out by the trends of culture today. And that's really been your message, scripturally organic, culturally modified. And I think this really exemplifies that today. We're going to be, there's going to be a lot of lost saints in this because of this, because of following the trends of culture and literally merging those trends with Christianity and our Christian practices rather than understanding what the eternal laws are. We're kind of making it up as we go along and adjusting things that we did not author. And I think that that's an issue, um, and I love how you shed light on that today. Well, I like your last phrase, adjusting things that we did not author. And because we have an author. Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, and he's the author of our salvation. So we don't get a chance to rewrite it. I love it. Well, they tell me it's time for us to have some messages and also for you all to make your way to Blog Talk Radio. Shift over there with me. Make sure you hit the number one so we can chat. I do want to talk with you. We'll pray. Well, well first of all, I'll hear. I'll listen. We'll pray. We'll prophesy. We'll converse. We'll do stuff. It'll be wonderful. So join me on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, Periscope, thank you for joining me today. Have a great afternoon and have a great lunch. God bless you. All right. You guys have been listening live to the Paula Price Show today, and we thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome. We're here every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central to 1 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. I'm going to give that to you again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price. Price show. You can actually visit us there for archived messages of all the shows that you might have missed. So check us out there online, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show, so that you can stay tuned with all of the messages from the broadcast. If you click RSS feed on the website, you'll get a notification every time the Paula Price Show is about to go live. So do that right now. Visit us online, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. All right, we're going to allow um, all of our Periscopers a moment to transition in on the line. If you're listening with us and you'd like to speak to Dr. Price in this second hour, you need to press number one right now so that we can go ahead and get to your calls today. So again, if you're just coming in from the Periscope broadcast, we welcome you on the line this morning, and we want you to press that number one so that you can speak with Dr. Price right here in this second hour. We're so excited about the things that God is doing here in Tulsa. You've been hearing all about Price University. I want to give you that website one more time, priceuniversity.org, priceuniversity.org. That's the website that you want to go to to get all of your information about um, about Price University, how you can enroll, what the courses are, what the programs are, visit us there online, priceuniversity.org. It's not too late. Go on, submit your application so we can get you started in the process. If you have questions, you can contact us at 877-419-1299. 
877-419-1299. We want you to get in touch with us. We want you to connect with us so that we can answer all of your questions. So again, contact us at 877-419-1299. And we'll be sure to answer all of your questions regarding this semester of, of Price University. We've had many questions come in, and one of the main questions is, do you all offer online courses? As you've heard Dr. Price mention in the broadcast, yes, we offer online courses as well as campus courses. So there's no excuses. Visit us online right now, priceuniversity.org. Fill out your application and get started in the process so we can get you to the place where you are learning today so that you can lead tomorrow. One more time, that website is priceuniversity.org. Org, and we'll see you there. If you'd like to keep up with Dr. Price throughout the week, we want you to follow her on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. You'll be able to find her page there. Click like on that page, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price, and follow her there on Facebook. You'll be notified every time she goes live on Facebook Live, and you don't want to miss out on that. So again, follow her there, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. And big shout out to our Twitter family. We love you shout out Twitter. Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for quoting us. Thank you for sharing the Periscope videos. Continue to share. In fact, even after today, go on right now. Share the broadcast from this morning to all of your Twitter followers and your friends and connections. Let them know about the Paula Price Show. We appreciate you. Big shout out to our Twitter family today. Dr. Price's handle there on Twitter is at Dr. Paula Price at Dr. Paula Price. That's where you can find her and you can tweet her or you can message her there on Twitter as well as on Facebook.com. Coming up this November, save the dates, November 15th through the 18th, 2017. We're going to be right here in Tulsa for our annual Apostleship Summit. We cannot wait and we are saving seats for you. You can register right now online at DrPaulaAPrice.com. DrPaulaAPrice.com Click that link that says events there, and you'll be able to get yourself registered. Buy one, get one is going on right now. Don't miss out on this. It's going to go through uh, the 15th of September. So get into this. Buy one, get one online, drpaulaaprice.com. Early bird ends in October, and that's $99. Buy one, get one is buy one ticket for $70, buy another for $70. You, you, the two of you go for the price of $140. So it's a steal. You want to get involved in this online, drpaulaaprice.com. Com. We're going to see you here in Tulsa with us for the New Era Apostleship Summit with Dr. Price and special guests. You can visit us online for all the full lineup. We're so excited about what God is doing this year. There is a Dignitaries Dinner on Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m., and you have the opportunity to register for that as well. So visit us online, drpaulaaprice.com, so you can get all the information about how you can be here with us in Tulsa, November 15th through the 18th, 2017, for the annual New Era Apostleship Summit. We'll see you guys there. All right, we want to take your calls. Press that number one right now. Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right. Thank you, Prophet Adia. That's right. Press that number one. If you have a prayer request for Dr. Price, a question about what she said, or your comments and feedback um, about what she said, even a question about Price University, she'll take your questions today. So we'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? 
these daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our standardized ministry assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Hey guys, this is Miss Adia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. 
talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions and ventures, businesses and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information. That's www.joinnear.com. All right, and we are back for part two of the Paula Price Show. Dr. Price, are you ready to take some callers? Some callers? I am ready and excited about doing so. So let's go. Excellent. And don't forget, if you want to connect with Dr. Price today, go ahead and press that number one. All right, first on the line is Veronica calling from Maryland. And Veronica's calling because she would like prayer for her father. She said he's into different religions and these different spirits are trying to smother him. Veronica, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello, thank you. Hi, Veronica. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Dr. Price. And yourself? I am doing great, uh, as you can tell. Don't you hear me? Don't I sound like I'm doing great? I'm all over. Yes, you do. You fire. sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> I am on fire. So how do, considering the reason you're calling, what were your thoughts on today's extra training? Well, I did. I'm working and calling at the same time, so I didn't hear everything. So I, um, I the the parts that I did hear, which I know you were talking about the university, that's very um, exciting, and um, I am going to be looking into it. But I didn't get a chance to hear as much as I want to even give a good comment. I'm gonna have to go back and re take, do a re listen on it. Good, you'll love it. And you know what? I think that when you go back and re-listen, you'll be able to get a few answers uh, for your your concern over your father. So let's talk about that. What's bothering you about him right now? 
Okay. Um, let me just say that he actually was a believer. Uh, it's been at least 40 years ago. He There was an incident in church, and so he backslid. And from that time, he get, get, delved into all types of different religions. Zen Buddhism is one of them. And so our family has always been concerned about it. It's been in prayer. But now um, what we found out is that he does these meditations, and he's actually having these um, out-of-body experiences. And so this is the places that these meditations take him. And so um, what's going on now is that he, he's going into these places that um, he explained to my, one of my sisters that is, um, there's no talking. It's more like telepathy. And then what happened two weeks ago, he had this encounter, and, and he was saying when he go to these places, nothing follows him home. This is what he says. But this particular time, this spirit followed him home. And so that's where this incident happened where it was trying to smother him. So he was actually uh, responding by hollering or screaming or something. And my mom heard him, and she woke her up, and she was asking him what happened. And he said this evil spirit tried to smother him. So she knew it was a demonic spirit and just began to pray. But my concern now is that it has gotten to this particular place that um, it's, it's, it's concerning me um, about these manifestations, these actual demonic visitations actually encountering in the home now, concerned. Um, my mom doesn't seem to be so concerned, but I'm thinking this, this might be deeper than we think it is. We don't just pray. Yes, we need to pray, but I'm calling because is there something more that we need to be doing or be concerned about? Um, well, I have to tell you, you know, for a first caller, you come out the gate. Oh. appreciate that. Appreciate the challenge, but you know, okay. and I, I think it was really something that the Lord had me ask you that question about um, about your having heard the beginning, because we okay. actually fell into a discussion of that when we talk about Ezekiel thirty-three. But before I ask you, can I go back to a, to confirm a statement? I think I heard you said he was a believer. He had an incident in the church, and he fell away. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so he was offended, or he got angry, and he just decided, you know, or, or, you know, just to get this Jesus stuff, pretty much. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay. So then, and, and let me ask, and you don't have to go through it, but how severe was the incident on a scale of 1 to 10? I would have to say it was very close to a 10. Okay, and so he had a problem with the church, and he yeah, it was yes, it was yes, ma'am, that's exactly right. The problem with some incident with with the leadership, he was on his way up the ranks of leadership, and something happened wherein he says it was embarrassing to him or or disrespectful or something like that to him, and it it just made him very angry, and it also he just really hurt him because he he really looked up to this leader. So from that, yeah, he just decided he wasn't going to go no more. And from there, it's been this stain for Christianity. I mean, really disdain, but, um, yeah. So I'm going to go on the record to say this, and you're probably not going to love me when, when I say it, but you'll love me when it's over, so hang tough. I'm, I'm not quite sure your father was a real Christian. Okay. 
And the reason that I say that is because if that's all it takes, he didn't quit a job because of hurting feelings. He hasn't quit yes. his family, and I, family has hurt him worse than that. He hasn't quit yes. his little lodges and all his other little things. He hasn't even quit religion. Right. He quit Christianity because of mm. one single leader and one his right. effort. He became a complete adversary of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so I just want to get that out there because, see, I'm one of those people, I feel like if you don't quit your job when your boss cuts you out, cuts you, out you don't quit your mm-hmm. job when they demand you, you don't quit your family when they talk about you like you're nothing, you don't quit your little mm-hmm. associations, I'm sorry, I'm not going to trust your word and why you quit, quit Christ. I'm just not going to get right. a woman to do it. Always going to say that mm-hmm. so you weren't a Christian. There are a lot of these people mm-hmm. we think because folks were good churches mm-hmm. that they were real Christians. Because if he really had a relationship with Jesus Christ, he could not treat him like this. Having said right. that, mm-hmm. having said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one. And so, but you called me to be the one. But let's talk about this. Okay, we, we discussed this today in Ezekiel 33. I don't know if you have a Bible near you, but I'm going to read it. So I it do. Doesn't, all right, Ezekiel 33. Now, I have mm-hmm. read Ezekiel um, this is the book that God gave me for people who backslide all the time. Because, you know, we think there's not a real backsliding thing in the church, but there is. So, Ezekiel 18 and 33. I want to say I want to say Ezekiel uh, 8 or 18 and 33, but I know three times in Ezekiel this is, this is said. But in Ezekiel 33, verse 12, it says, Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Mm. As for the weakness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous, I love this, be able to live for his righteousness in the day he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trusts to his own righteousness, and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. That's a spiritual law. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to go to me. But you know, God, God, mm-hmm. all is not law. You know, we got another passage for you. You know, I have a couple for you. But I want you to go with me now to Second Timothy. Because mm-hmm. this you know, we intercede for our wayward loved ones because mm-hmm. we know we should. And for sure, um, for sure, um, I will say this. I agree, you know, I, I agree with you. You should pray, although uh, you have to be led by the Spirit. But let's go. Can we go to Second Timothy? Yes. Okay. Um, it said, but, but shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past and already, you know what that is. Nevertheless, the found, verse 19, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to go down with me because this is important. Well, you should read it all on your own, but I'm just for the sake of the call. I'm going to go down to verse um, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord, now he was in leadership. 
And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, follow me on this, Veronica. I want you to follow me. I know you're reading a different version, so I want you to read your version when I'm done. But let me finish this, okay? Okay. okay. If God, adventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. That's where your dad is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to read your version? And I'm leaving, I got the New King James Version. You want me to read it? Yes. 24. And the, 24. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps would grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So, Veronica, as you can see, a lot of Christians don't know those passages are there. They don't. A lot of people think that repentance is an inalienable right, and it is as long as the light is on. But but when people have turned as he has turned, Satan now owns him. He meditated himself one time too many, went out to those little rooms, and he brought back the host that has been taken him back. See, that devil was always taking him back and forth. He just didn't see him. But he hit a point where he cut covenant with that spirit, and that spirit now can take anything he wants. Yeah. And so... I know it's 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 tragic because we, Christians play so much with yoga and 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 yeah. Buddhism and whatnot. But I realize that they cut covenant with that because whomsoever you lend yourselves to obey, mm. you that one becomes your God. That's Bible. And so yes. I'm saying to you, you're gonna have to pray. The first prayer you have to pray is for God's mercy because God is hot with your father. He is extremely yes. stirred with him. God said He's shown me nothing but contempt. Yes. And arrogance. He said, and he thumbed his nose at me, and I did visit him for repentance, and he chose not to have it. And before your father leaves this planet, however long it may be, five years, ten years, I don't know, but before he leaves this planet, he's going to tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ was righteous and visited him for repentance and even warned him against getting into some of those cultish things that he was doing. God, he said he, he talked to him until he hardened his heart and he hardened his spirit. And he decided, I don't want your intervention again. So the last passage I'm going to give you, number one, you must pray and see if you can get God to be merciful. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he said he delights in mercy, but some people can take him off so badly, he doesn't care. He doesn't want you to pray. So all I can okay. tell you is the scripture said you need to pray to see if, and I mean, and don't pray like, oh, my father's a victim. Your father is not a victim. Your father yes. okay. is a perpetrator. He is not a yes. victim. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. by surprise. And you didn't present that, so I just want to say that. But when you go mm-hmm. to God, you have to go to God asking for mercy on a rebel. Mm-hmm. Because that's different. This is not your daddy whom you love, forgive, or hug and kiss. This is God's son and one of God's former or up-and-coming leaders. And the way your father reacted, I would venture to say he has proven that the leadership that he's condemning was correct. Mm. Wow. And maybe they had an insight 
or maybe they had a discussion, or maybe he introduced some of this exploratory stuff, and the leader was sworn. I'm telling you, your father's, if this is all it took, that leader was right in not promoting him. That leader was astute Mm. and very, very insightful. Because if that's all it takes for you to fall, if that's all it takes for him to walk away, he shouldn't have been in leadership anyway because he would have perverted God's people. Mm. Wow. Because look what he did. Yeah. Now, and then I want to give you the last passage. Once you're praying, Mm -hmm. whatever God tells you, and God will tell you through the word because you are a word woman. The way you receive this, I know you're a word woman. So he will talk to Mm -hmm. you through the word. So, mm-hmm. um, Jude 21, it says, um, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of mm-hmm. our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating mm-hmm. even the spotted, uh, the garment spotted by the flesh. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're going to have to pray him out. And mm-hmm. that... And, I cannot guarantee you success on that, and I can't guarantee Mm -hmm. you favor because God is very Mm -hmm. indifferent about your father right now. In addition to being angry, he's indifferent about what your father's appeal might be, and he's indifferent Mm -hmm. because he's said this man has never shown me honor and respect. Even when he was climbing, Mm -hmm. he wasn't climbing for me. He was climbing for himself. Mm -hmm. But you are not powerless because he said Mm -hmm. he delights in mercy. Until you hear God tell you to shut up praying, you keep praying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because your prayer, can, for well, one thing, if it's no more than to protect your mother, the only reason he's gone this long is because God is covering your mother. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd have, been, he'd have been gone out of here a long time ago. But God is mm-hmm. protecting your mother because he has a covenant with her. Isn't it great to marry mm-hmm. the right people? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the Lord on your side, at least in the back room, in the back room. Yeah. So I'm going yeah. to say to you that I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for your mother. The Lord is hot with your father, and I'm not one of those people that's going to go wrestling with God over that. Now, I know the evangelicals and the charismatics teaches you that there is nothing, that, that you know, you ought not to do all of that, but there are places in Scripture where you can hurt God so and wound him so deeply, he's not going to change his mind or return to you. Yes. Now, there's not, there's no such thing as there's no sin he can't forgive. I'm saying for me, and what he's saying to me is to pray for you and your mother. Mm-hmm. There is always, God said, there, you know, there's no sin he can't forgive, but he will tell you that the sin of rebellion and, and intentional sin, mm-hmm. this was not, a, this wasn't even, I wish I could say this was even sin. This man literally, literally retaliated against God for mm-hmm. something that he, that he wanted. And I mm. had a, a lifelong, obviously a lifelong retaliation. Yeah. Mm. So we are going to pray for you and your mom. Hallelujah. Okay. We're going to pray for you and your mom, and I'm going to empower your prayer for you to petition God as to what you should do as a daughter, a saintly daughter, because your concern mm. is also for your mother. One thing I know about you, you must be extraordinarily prophetic. Because most people who are not prophetic can't even wrap their head around this. Most people. There are some, but most people can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm part of your uh, advisement. Prophet Ashley was my advisor. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, see, you got good training. See, she trained you. Yes, she prepared I did. you for this, didn't she? 
Yeah, yes, you did. Thanks, Prophet Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Prophet Ashley. Uh, I thank you too. <laughs> You're welcome. So let's pray. Father God, yes. I thank you so, so much for Veronica yes. and her family. Lord, I thank yes. you for a woman who loves you, who trusts you, who lives for you the way you have mm. ordained her to. Now, God, I'm mm. covering her and her son with the blood of the Lamb. I set a blood barrier around that mm. spirit. Mm. You cannot touch mm. what is possible. I shut that thing down in Jesus' mm. name. In home. God, now I'm mm. asking that give her the words to pray about her dad and give her your wine, your mind and your will on the matter because Lord it's not looking really good and she mm. has to understand it. And so God, but I thank you for protecting her, protecting that mom so that he doesn't come in to attack the Christian that is mm. caught up in thing. But God, I stand on your word in 1 Corinthians 7 that says that the, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife yeah. that believes. Yeah. And so I thank you, Lord, that you will do your righteousness in this situation. There's much that I can say, but God, I will not because you have not given me leave to do so. But I will ask mm. that you would cover Veronica and that you will cover her mom and that you will speak to them and show them how to pray, how to respond to this, and how to do it all in your will according to your righteousness. And I bless yes. you for doing it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for taking this much time. I appreciate it. Listen, you know, the family is important, and all of you all are family to me, so it's an honor. Plus, a lot of my listeners will appreciate this as well. So, hey, have faith, believe in your God, and know that your God is a righteous God. He's a loving God, and he's a tender God. So just continue Mm -hmm. to press forward in that way, okay? Yes, ma'am, I will. Thank you so much again. Okay, bye-bye. All right, God bless you. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley? Yes, Dr. Price. Yeah, look at you got your food all in eye. Yes, when I heard her voice, I was like, oh, it's our Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? All right, we have next on the line Pamela calling in from Georgia. She has a prayer request today, Dr. Price, regarding organizational changes on her job. Pamela, welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Good afternoon, Dr. Price. Good afternoon, Pamela. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? You know I'm all on the ceiling here. I'm having a blast up here in Tulsa on this nice floor. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Need to pull out my slap gloss. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> yes. What's going? I can't hear you. you. I said, what's going on? Well, I'm just calling because we have we're in, ex- in a great and exciting place at where I work. We have a new CEO who was um, announced on Tuesday. So, just wanting to keep the momentum going and people excited to embrace the change that, that's on the horizon and, and yet to come. So just wanted to speak with you as well as to just get your blessing. Amen. So what am I blessing? <laughs> the transition and you know, how to the have trans- a successful transition. Okay. So because, you know, I, I, I'm hearing about the CEO, but I'm not hearing about you. About me? 
me being fortified yeah. for this transition and to, to do what I'm called to do. Okay, because I'm trying to figure it out. So you know you can't be throwing me those curves now. I know. All right. <laughs> so, so then I'm just going to pray about that because I, I really don't know enough about it, but... Um, but I'm going to go by faith. How's that? I, I do have a good amount of faith. Okay. Father God, we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, and we praise you. Father God, we thank you for Pamela. We thank you for her being your daughter, her being your servant, Lord. And we also thank you for her being in our lives. We've, we've enjoyed her. She's a blessing. Now, God, only you know the end from the beginning. You called the end from the beginning. So, Lord, she's asked for for grace for the transition. She's asked for, um, I, I, I have no idea what else, God, but I do know you know. So I'm asking you to strengthen her. I'm asking you to build her up. I'm asking you to clarify some things for her. And I'm also asking you, God, to open her eyes as she may see and open her ears to hear like she's never seen and heard before. Give her full comprehension of what's expected of her, full comprehension of what is said and not said, what is heard and what is not spoken. And I thank you God, and strengthen her with all might in her inner man. Also, God, do that work in her physical body as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. You're very welcome. We'll talk soon. Yes, very soon. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. God bless. Okay, Prophet Ashley, we got room for a couple more. I'm excited. Well, you know what, Dr. Price? That is all we have for today as far as our live callers. I guess people are a little shy. You know, week to week, last week we had a list a mile long, and then today we don't. Well, I'm sure we have some commentators on the oh. actual training. Now, see, somebody just hit the number. Oh, they see, now they're just waiting to see. Uh-huh. I know. They're like, wait a minute, should I hit? Can I hang on while I get through? Well, I got room for a couple more, so I know at least those will get through. Who do we have on the line next? Well, let's find out. Hi, caller. This is uh, Prophet Ashley. You are live on the line with Dr. Price. Why don't you tell us your first name, where you are calling from, and your prayer request today for Dr. Price. Okay. Hello, Dr. Price and Prophet Ashley. Um, My name is Cassandra, and I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Well, hello, Cassandra from Dallas, Texas. What's going on with you? Well, I had purposed in my mind and my heart that I was going to talk to you about something else last week, but I didn't get a chance to. And then something else came up today. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to try to squeeze it in. If you can uh, uh, address or advise me on both, then that's fine. I'll just call it another time. So the first thing that I was going to call about last week was, um, over the last year, I've received three prophetic words on um, me having my own business and um, <clears throat> and being a, one that would, find, that would help to finance the kingdom and that type of thing. But I don't have a special skill. Like I don't have, you know, like some people, they are cooked, they can cook. They have this and that. And I don't have that. But really my, my uh, desire is to just be in ministry, not to say I don't have to work, but as far as like a passion for something, I don't have that. So I know that, you know, in listening to you, you know, um, and uh, the, uh, the infomercials and things like that, when you get a prophetic word, then now what? And I do have an advisor. Um, actually, Prophet Adia is my advisor, but there's so much going on in my life that I, I can't, I know she can't keep this hard part to keep up with me. <laughs> 
And so, um, so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. And then the other thing was um, yesterday um, I, in the midday, I had uh, two, uh, it was a series of dreams back to back. And, um, that, you know, that happened one after the other, and it kind of concerned me, and I was, you know, wanting to understand what was happening. I was in the car with someone. I was a passenger in the car. I don't know where we were going, but we it was a person I know. She's uh, um, actually one of the ministers at my church. She was driving the car. We were coming up to a building, uh, getting ready to drive to a building, but on the building there was this big, gigantic, man-sized lizard that was just on the building. And then he when he saw us, well, when he saw me, he jumped off the building and started chasing the car. And so then she started flooring the car. So that was one of the things. I don't know where we were going. He didn't, he not, he didn't catch up with us. The uh, second dream, and it was another third one, but I'm, I can't, it didn't come back to me. But the third one, uh, the second one right after that was um, I was uh, somewhere with the pastor of my church, and it was uh, the, the head uh, uh, intercessor. And the head intercessor, uh, the the pastor was he. I thought he was laughing, but he was crying. He had touched something or someone that he had trusted, and so he was bound. He couldn't move. He was like frozen, and tears were coming down his face. The intercessor tried to get in front of him and to protect him or guard him, and then she fell. And then I stepped up, and then I was, you know, at first the thing tried to grip me and bind me, but I was able to pray and rebuke and, and get it off of me, you know, uh, pretty quickly. So, and you know, it was just those two, three. And I heard someone in a dream, heard someone, a voice or something in a dream say, you know, prophets attract that type of warfare or something to that to that effect. But it was quite disturbing, and this was just yesterday. So I'll stop talking now because I know I'm probably going to run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably will, but that's all right. We'll cover it. You got a good little bit for you. Um, the first thing I want to say to you is that um, the who, who was driving the car in the first dream? In the dream, it was one of the ministers um, in our church, in the church that I go to. She was just she's just one of the ministers. I don't really have a relationship with her outside of. You know, you know, we go to intercessory prayer or something like that. But um, I, I don't even, we don't really, we're not close or anything like that. Is she an intercessor in the church? Did I hear you correctly? Yeah, she is. She's one of the intercessors, and she's also a minister. Okay. So, and what is her ministry capacity? Um, she, as far as like a, a, a gifting or a calling, I'm not sure. Um, I just know I've only been going to that church probably since um, December of last year, and so I'm still trying to get to know everybody. But I know that she's on the intercessory prayer team and that she's a minister, so she helps, you know, do, you know, prayer and deliverance and ministry on the altar, as do I. Okay, so how did you get to that church? What brought you there as opposed to another I got that my mother invited me because she knew what I, you know, that I was looking for, what I was looking for. I was just, you know, we, we kept going from, you know, trying to find where we're supposed to be. And so um, when I got there, what really, uh, what I saw in that church that I didn't get, you know, didn't, haven't been experiencing or been a part of in other churches was, you know, the prayer. Um, and that it has, uh, you know, from what I perceived, to be a prophetic house, not you know, there's some prophecy and whatnot that goes forth, but really the prayer um, 
drew me and just kind of like the order of things, the the freedom, I guess. And when I say freedom, I guess it's, you know, um, if, if there's a prophetic word or something like that, you know, there's room for, um, you know, the pastor gives room for the person to give the word. And, you know, sometimes it has to be whispered to him and that type of thing. But I just felt comfortable there. And I've, I've noticed that I've grown since being there in just really a short time. Um, so that's kind of what drew me there. I know I'm not supposed to say there's some other things, but I'm not sure how long I'll be there, but I know I'm just passing through. All right. Well, you know, this, I wanted to get that kind of backstory to understand. Uh, for example, the last thing I'd like to know is how old is this church? The church, um, the, the church under his leadership is seven years old. So they just celebrated a seven year anniversary this past Sunday. So they're relatively young. Um, yes, it was another church. It was another church for like 18 years, and then it just changed the name and the leadership because the the um, the last um, bishop passed away, and so it got That's passed good. on to yeah, passed on. Well, then that helps me. That helps my interpretation because I was I was wondering about that because one of the things did he inherit the ministers as well, or did he put in new ministers? He did both. So the one one of the ones that was drive the one that was driving the car she's one of the ones that has been there the one in the second dream that was trying to guard him and she's like the head the head intercessor and she actually leads up the intercessory um, team uh, she's been there also for like 18 years you know so she's been there through the the different leaders that have you know came and you know was passed on through um, the ministry and then there's also oh, new ministers as there as well. Okay, well, that helps me understand what I needed to know because I, I was kind of listening to your, your dream and thinking, okay, so if he inherited some very unclean spirits, and okay. the, whatever, whatever that 18-year period is, um, he inherited them, but they don't really, they don't, they're not really on board with where you're going. I don't know what the church did before them, but they don't seem uh-huh. to be quite, um, adept at where you're going. Spiritual warfare and all of that, not so much. What I see is a lot of clandestine, you know, secret um, interactions and other things. You know, mm. you know that lizard, I do. That lizard, of course, you know, is demonic. It's also about being, you know, the whole divine thing kind of thing. So you've got a lot of family issues that are undercover there. You've got a lot of um, striving undercover. But you have people who cut covenant with unclean things. And so he doesn't want, which is why he feels frustrated. He's frustrated because he's trying to do this new thing, and he's trying to put this new cloth on this old garment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it should work. I mean, all of us can do it. What he's doing is not wrong, but he, I think he's underestimating how much the old guard is entrenched in what they do, entrenched in their belief and entrenched in their spirituality. What I do discern is that the bishop had a mixed gospel. He had a mixed doctrine, and he mixed a lot of other spirituality in what he had. So those people are trained for that, and and so they don't see anything wrong with it. So he has an intercessor who who is in the very root, the bedrock of the church, trying to cover him and can't. And then he has Mm -hmm. this other one who's trying to convert and not sure she wants to. And so mm-hmm. and the problem is when you have a new church or when you do what he's done, you have to have a training program. There was nothing to convert them from that bishop to him. Nothing to yeah. he's just, he's just doing what he's seen. He doesn't even have a plan. 
He's just doing what he said. Well, okay, so they have a word. We just let him give a word. He needs a strong prophetic guard. He needs new, fresh blood intercessors, or he needs to make sure that those that he has are thoroughly uh, trained in the prophetic and trained in the prayers the way he wants to do them. Because you're talking about a clash of the old and the new. Old wine, new wine. Old wine skin, new wine skin. And this thing is mixing, and it's, these two spirits are fighting in the spirit realm. They're fighting. I'm looking at them sword fighting. And there is an, a, a, literally a laser war, a sword warfare going on between where that church is going to go and whether this man is going to stay. Wow. And that makes a lot of sense because it was, it was Church of God in Christ. And um, mm. the bishop, he, he married the bishop's daughter, but he was he served under that bishop before it got passed for him. And the bishop actually told him that he was going to pass for the church, and he changed it. So it's no longer Church of God in Christ, and that's what it has been over all of those many years. And so now it's just yeah. non, non-denominational church. Yeah, well, there's a, but you know what? Well, you can change the name, but the perversion is in the people. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so he needs to be connected with someone that's stronger than him because the mantle of that church hasn't been taken off of it. The old mantle is still there, and he's just overlaying the new, and he's just implementing new activities and new mm-hmm. techniques. He's not really altering the, the – and he may not want to. You know, he may not want to alter it. I don't know. But I do know that it takes more than changing the name to tear a church away from its old roots. And as long as yeah. you keep those people – in that church, they're gonna have you're gonna have this mixed bag. That's not, I mean, eventually, if his way is strong enough, the old will leave and new will come. But putting mm-hmm. the old in power guarantees the church won't shift. Mm. Yes. Okay. Makes because sense. They're still praying the same prayers. They're just praying it with another name. They're praying the same prayers. They're believing the same thing. Meanwhile, him tapping into the prophetic the way he's doing is ushering in warfare. Yes. Yeah. So all I can tell you is that I answered your prayer. Now let's talk about this one with you saying you the three prophets. You got three prophecies on you in a business. You know we might not get into the depth of that. I would love to get into it because I um I'd like to understand the context and when you have it. So maybe if you could say it in two minutes instead of sixteen, we might be able to tell me how you got those three prophecies, huh? Okay. Um, well, one is um, uh, through my my beautician. So one was one through my beautician, um, who you know, uh, who also has a prophetic gift, and you know, she was telling me what God had shown her. Uh, me having my own business, she wasn't sure if it was going to be through what I what I was in, which is healthcare. I'm not a nurse or a doctor or anything like that, but I was working in there until I got fired, you know, a month ago, and that's another thing. Um, uh, I was transitioned uh, out of there, but um, so it was through her, and it was just you know her doing my hair, and sometimes we talk about you know spiritual matters and we pray, et cetera. Um, the other one was one time her uh, uh, her apostle came and visited. And not knowing what she and I had talked about, also said to that same tune uh, a little bit more in depth about what she saw God was doing in my life. And it was, you know, there was several months in between those two. The one before that was someone that used to, that was um, a mentor to me. Uh, I met her back in June, uh, June uh, May or June of last year, and who also said that 
um, that she saw me. She didn't know if, I was, if it was going to be my own school or something, but saw that I was going to be having, you know, having my own business and being, you know, um, someone that would help finance the work, the move of God, the, you know, the um, ministries, et cetera. So that's how those three prophecies came off, the people I know who um, gave those prophetic words to me. Well, since we're short on time, I'm going to give you the short version. Um, if you've had it that many times and you still don't feel it, then you need to go to business school. You need to take some business courses and some business classes because sometimes prophecy speaks to your darkness and not your light. Often it does. So these words are coming in, into your darkness. They're not coming into your light saying, well, this is what I want to do and this is what I've already done. Clearly, God wants to equip you to do something else for him in his kingdom. So my suggestion to you would be to first start by taking some good business courses or classes or something on entrepreneurship so that you can begin to think differently. Clearly, you're not thinking where God is, is moving. Mm-hmm. And so if you, I mean, for example, if you were thinking about, if you got that word because you were getting, you had just lost your job, well, you weren't going to be open to that because you mad. So there you go. And then the other apostle is telling us a few extra things, which, I mean, we don't have time to explore here. But clearly, um, being in that shop, there's a, there, obviously there is an answer. So I don't know where the first one was, but I know that um, you need to take some classes. And I think you need to investigate entrepreneurship or business classes or training so that God could birth vision in you. Okay. Okay. Amen. All Amen. Right. Amen. Hey, girl, we, we're down to, look, we got two minutes. I got time to pray. I'm excited. I love it when I'm Yay. <laughs> God, I thank you for Cassandra. First of all, I thank you for her church and that young minister. God, put around him seasoned people in the spirit, seasoned apostles, prophets, seasoned messengers, intercessors to speak into his situation, to help him find his way, and to grab a hold of what it is you want him to do and how you want him to do it. So that's the first thing. I ask that you begin to minister to him in his sleep, minister to him in prayer, and open up his understanding so that he can see clearly what, you're, what you want him to see panoramically so he can get the entire view. Next, God, I thank you for Cassandra. I ask you to continue to build her up. She needs to be in prophetic training. She needs to be in intercessory training. But, God, she also needs the entrepreneur classes so that you can beget in her what you have inseminated her with long before the foundation of the world. So I'm asking that you would bring her into the knowledge of the truth, awareness, and then connect her with the journey that you prepared for her and, and the pathway she's to take to fulfill her permanent destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price. I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> amen. God bless you, and thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Thank you. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price, that is the show for today. Now, listen here, saints, next week, don't wait. Press that number one earlier. <laughs> yes, right. So you can see, I know sometimes after they're like, well, is it going to be long? Is it going to be short? But, hey, if you don't press number one, you don't know if you're going to be long or short. Don't miss oh. your opportunity. There you go. Hit that one. And don't get impatient, you know, because that, sometimes you didn't get through because that wasn't the week God filled me with your answer. Don't be frustrated. Continue to try and push and call. Don't miss your window. Until then, God bless you. Remember, join us Sunday for Scripture Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity with the Congregation of the Mighty. 
Tune in Periscope Facebook and also our Congregation of the Mighty site. And let's talk about the powers of the age to come. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.